0: And pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our three podcasts. This
1: might be college football.
2: Second half. Of the show is live. And uh, we'll continue with more of your phone calls at 855 242 7285 Stephen is up next. Good afternoon, Stephen. Hey, Paul, how are you? We are doing great, thank you. Thank you. That's good. That's good.
3: Listen, uh, I have a couple of questions for you. If, win, or lose Michigan, will Harbaugh be the coach next year? If not, will LSU's coach be the coach at Michigan? Even though he said this is his last stop in coaching at LSU, I need your
1: opinion.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I don't think Harbaugh will be the coach, but I I would be shocked if if Brian Kelly uh, wanted that job. Uh, I think he's very comfortable where he is. I know he is. uh, Know he's currently building a may already be finished with it uh, a a home on uh, on the beach near Destin. Doesn't sound like a man that wants to uh, that wants to go live. Live in Ann Arbor, Michigan.
4: Yeah,
3: well, uh, you know, there's been a lot of rumors about it, and people comments that uh, Harbo is not going to be there. Whether he is or not, I don't know. But I, I'm, I agree with you. I don't believe Coach Kelly is going to leave him there. But you never, you know, these coaches say one thing to well, another. Well, no, so. I
2: mean, I do, but uh, I think you always have to consider somebody's where they are in their life. Uh, right, right, and. Is it a better job? And the answer is not a better job. Uh, right. Right. Yeah, we know. We, we all. I'll, I'll spare you the SEC chatter that you already know. But LSU right. is a much uh, richer recruiting base than Michigan. It it has great support. You don't have to deal with some of the crazy academics that you do at uh, at a school like in Michigan. And uh, yeah. I don't think there's any chance uh, Brian Kelly yeah. would want that job. Hey, thank you for the call. But it's a legitimately interesting question, though. Yeah. First one I've had, <laughs> had about that. Do yeah. you think he's going? Yeah. D- no. Go Augie said he's going. Oh. Augie wants him to go. <laughs> <laughs> Brad <laughs> is up next in Georgia. Hey, Brad. Mr. Paul how are you brother we're doing great thank you
3: hey man I'll go ahead and tell you this this business with the orange bowl I've kind of given it uh given it a new name and I'm going to call it the lackluster bowl oh man because I'm looking around at all these opt-outs I mean I mean this this bowl game has fallen a long way down what do you think
2: yeah but it's it's the it's the new normal in bowl games, and it is. <laughs> you, uh, what I like about Florida State is all the all the talk of you know we deserve this and we're going to prove the world wrong. And as soon as they didn't get their way, all their top players opted out, and then they they went ahead and sued the, the hand the 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 mouth the the hand that feeds them. I mean this. Uh, this, this, this school has, has literally, it didn't have much of a reputation to begin with, and it's done a good job of selling what's what little it had left.
3: Well, I was going to ask you if um, you think the good politicians down there in Florida still want this recognized as a fifth playoff game.
2: <laughs> yeah, I hope they do, because uh, I'd like to see it. Hey, thank you for hey, the call. It's a great question. It, it's just, uh, it's really pathetic uh, what, what's happened to that program. In, in the last five weeks, I mean, I, I would have, uh, I would have liked to have seen, you know, the, I mean, I thought this was a an intriguing game. Yep. I was really upset I was going to be on the wrong coast, but not anymore. Stacy is up next. Paul fine, ball. What did do, man? Hey
5: there.
6: Now listen, I don't know what Bash said earlier about me, but I heard a couple of people call me said Bash said something. Yeah, well, here, here's, what, here's
2: what Bash, Bash said. He said that there was some uh, play, there was some show on over the weekend, I don't know what, what show it was, uh, about the playoffs, and they were playing a clip from this show and had you on the show blasting Milro after the Texas game.
6: Well, let me say this, Bash, you're a bald-faced lie. If anybody, if anybody took up for Jalen Milrow, it was me. It was me. The person that I was bashing was Thomas Reese. That's the, that's the person that I was bashing. So, I mean, that I was bashing. So, you need to go get your facts straight. All right? Go get your, now. I thought you and I had settled a little feud. Well, I Stacey, few I have no idea up. because I,
2: I don't remember every single phone call you've ever made. So, I don't know whether you said that or not. But apparently, you said you didn't say oh. it. So, we'll move on. Paul, oh. yeah, we'll move on with that. So, Bashing, get your facts. So, anyway, Paul...
6: There are two important football games that I had just sat down and I had to analyze. Do you know what those two football games are going to be? It's, it's very important games. Two games. I'm going to give you a peek at it. So, which games are those? The pitch, <laughs> the pitch, right ball. Welcome <laughs> to Miami. JK, where you at, baby? I'm looking for you, JK. <laughs> <laughs> JK, I need a ticket to the pinstripe baby. The next day Penn Bowl is a there. good game. I mean, you,
2: you want to play a you want to play a game at Yankee Stadium this time of the year? No, that's the only thing that's going to be memorable, the Yankee
6: Stadium. But that <laughs> the Penn I, I've been to anyway, Yankee Stadium
2: man. many times, but my but I, I love going on a hot June afternoon when. You can you know, have a hot dog and a beer, not oh, a uh, not hot chocolate. You think? And uh, you think and, I'll buy some tickets? Uh, you can have my box. Thanks for the game. For call, uh, Myth is up next in Kentucky. Hey, Paul. Thanks for
6: taking my call. Hey, Myth. Hey, uh, just real quick, I got two things, and I'll run it past you real quick. How come uh, Kentucky is having a hard time getting guys eligible like uh, like Z? Like, not necessarily we we don't necessarily need him to win a chip or get in the final four, but he's a top twenty pick. What's your
2: thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, I think you're right. I mean, what's what's the uh,
6: how? What's the problem with the NCAA, and how come they're having a hard time getting this guy eligible? When, when then, has the NCAA uh,
2: ever done anything to help the athlete? Never.
6: No, I agree with you. Who wins the uh, college football Final Four championship?
2: Well, I mean, right now, I, I can only pick the two games that we have, and, and, I, and I like Alabama. I'm still undecided on the other one, although I think I'm leaning toward Texas. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Mud Bucket is up next. Hello, Paul. Good afternoon. Hello. Hey. Uh, thank you for taking my call, first-time caller. Thanks, Mud. Um, uh, appreciate Really enjoyed the Archbishop the other day. Thanks thank for you. having him on. Of course. Um, I wanted to talk about – slow-motion replays in games. It seems like I'm watching more slow-motion replays than I am live football. You know, i just about rather see them walking back to the line, scratching their tails or whatever. And um, also, uh, I record your show, so I watch it later, and there's some callers that are just kind of irritating, and I fast-forward them. Did hey, you enjoy know, your show. Thank you, my so yeah, I wondered if this show was any better... On replay. Slow motion. <laughs> if if you only were able, and I know I appreciate some of you doing this, if you were only able to watch, would you? I get which. I guess the question is, which callers would you just blow right past? Hmm. Let's see. Bash. AC. Augie. <laughs> Stacy, <laughs> John in St. Louis. Uh, I'm just I'm throwing out ideas. I'm not I'm not endorsing anyone. Susie is up next.
7: Hi, Paul. Hello. Happy Merry Christmas. A couple of days later. Thank you. Um, first of all, the Archbishop last week. Um, I was at a indoor soccer game, so I had to watch that later, and I so enjoyed having you know listening to him. That I, I think I wrote down that he said is, we can't have peace until we have peace within our own hearts. Right. Um, which I really, really liked. Okay, then my Christmas. First of all, before I tell you about my Christmas, because it was a Paul Feinbaum Christmas, um, is, are you Okay.
2: Uh, I am. Having... I am okay now. Uh, I think the answer, if you'd asked me a week ago, I, and I wouldn't have answered honestly. I don't think I was. <laughs>
7: but, no, right. But I still hear some catch in Well, yeah. I mean, it's just.
2: Uh, it's. I think it's kind of thing that. Uh, I mean, I, I've been checked out. Uh, amazingly, I really didn't have anything serious. But uh, what happens nowadays, as you know, uh, you, you go out. You you, you go anywhere and. Uh, I had a trip right in the middle of, of this illness, which set me back about a week. So, uh, uh, well, the best recommendation well, is if you, you are sick, do not go out of town, even if you want to. Uh, and it wasn't like I was going to a, a, a spa; I was going to, 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 yeah. to host an event that I was determined to go to. And sometimes uh, I'll spare you all the great cliches about valor and yeah. honor and all that, but. The, the recommendation that was it I had that the
7: day Alabama before, one that you were Yeah, the, the, the recommendation
2: Alabama? that I had by uh, by a uh, licensed uh, physician was don't go. And I said, of course, I'll be fine.
7: Yeah, well, I, I know. I've heard that before my husband was alive. He was a PA. Um, all right, my Christmas presents from my one daughter that's in state college. She's a daughter from another mother from my best friend, Ashley. And she loves that I call in and talk to you. She gets such a kick out of it, whatever. So she sent me her Christmas present. So I open up. My first present is a mug with your face oh my goodness. all over it. There where do you so get that? Picture. I'm, I'm going I'm to take a picture of oh, it wow. and send it. I have Daniel's email address. Did I, did I miss that being so that, on the market
2: now, Randy? Oh, yeah.
7: I don't know where she got it. Somebody but you sent you me this today, or? and I've
2: never seen it. There was like a, a picture of me with a gator, uh, like a like a card. Huh. No, this is your face. Did I miss the uh, the channel? The, the money coming in get.
7: <laughs> and then there was something else, and I said, What is this? And I'm unrolling it. And my daughter goes, Mom, those are Paul Feinbaum socks. Oh, okay. Your face all over oh. socks. So I just sat there. I laughed. I said, I can't wait to tell all about my Christmas from Um So cute, so cute, but they know how much. I love your show. And, I guess people and, do um, the. I guess people make the, uh,
2: like, they create this stuff, right? You need a new NIL, didn't Yeah.
7: Yeah, I guess she found somewhere where she could create it, I guess, and she created it. Because um, these socks are not, like, warm socks. They're, like... Yeah, I, I know about I the socks. A friend of mine
2: with. called me one day and said, you need to, you need to sue. <laughs> and I said, why would I care if somebody was making... First of all, I know that there's not enough money to be made that's even worth suing over, and frankly, the idea that somebody that I'm in somebody's shoes is really I think it quite such amazing. A thing to you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so that's, I mean, a, that's, you a, that's a compliment that people that's,
7: want to. Yeah.
2: I hope they're warm.
7: They're not heavy. They're almost like a. I'll have to put them on my legs and send
2: them okay. in the picture. Well, we need... Um, we need th- Thanks for the call. We need, to, we need to do... If we're going to do a, a, a sock line for the show, we need to at least make the socks warm. Yeah. Well, if... We, I, Jamar, I, I don't want to make a big deal about the cut. That's why we have lawyers. They'll handle that. We don't want to act like we're trying to profit from this show at all. This is a community service project. And... Right? Yes. We're all here because we want to be here, not That's because... There's some NIL money at the other end of the rainbow. We'll be right back.
5: Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free, no insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at himscom paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. hims dot com slash Paul. Hard are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a health provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. listening to the Paul Feinbaum show
0: podcast
2: we are back and Miss Pat is up next hey Paul thank you for speaking to me Um, I missed your
4: program but I was going to tell you I always record your program and if I don't get to watch it and I'm watching today but when I do watch my recording there are those that I fast forward through you probably know who they are
2: Well, I'd like a a heads up in case I'm ever laid up at home and need to speed through the show.
4: (laughs) Well, the person who hates me most, for one. As a matter of fact, I can't even tweet your program anymore because I got off Twitter because of him. Oh, Squirrel? Yes. I mean, he was so evil. Pat, is there anything I
2: can do uh, in the spirit of Christmas and the new year to ameliorate your, your tension and bring you two together?
4: I don't. Know how? Okay. Because I didn't start it, and he he actually called me the creature from the black lagoon. Ooh. He un he blocked me for what, Once you so do I that, I mean, if something. I'm sitting
2: there at a table, I'm I'm saying, squirrel, you called her. Yeah, I, I did that. Do you, do you do you take it back? No. <laughs>
4: no. <laughs> that, that would be tough back. to be
2: a mediator for that. <laughs>
4: I know. Anyway, it's there, so. Okay, well, Pat, I think you're going to be, be fine without that rodent uh,
2: on your Christmas card list.
4: <laughs> well, I, I am surviving without him. Thank you. Thank I you. do miss Twitter, but that's okay. I didn't need it. I wanted to tell you that this is Michael and I are celebrating our 40th anniversary oh, wow. on Sunday night. We were married on New Year's Eve. We're going to San Antonio and stay at the Hyatt Regency on the Riverwalk, and I've never been, and I think it's going to be
2: great. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a San Antonio is a beautiful city. I've never been, but
4: anyway, I wanted to tell you, Happy New Year, Thank and you. I just appreciate you,
2: and I love your program. Appreciate it, yeah, my first trip out there, I went to a local, took me to the Alamo, and you know, being a wiseacre, I made a few jokes. I didn't <laughs> almost didn't get to the airport. Okay. <laughs> you do not crack about the Alamo in front of a Texan. I mean, it wasn't like being disrespectful. I was just asking some very basic questions, like what happened? So you been there? Yeah, it's not a not a joking place. No. Tim is in Mississippi. Uh, hello, Tim. Hello, Paul. Appreciate you taking my call. Thank you.
3: Um, I'm the rumors I've been hearing, and I'm, I'm like a couple of things I like real, real quick. Sure. Um, if at the end of the year, it's it has been rumored that from what I've heard and read that Saban may retire. Have you heard that? And if they does, they're saying that Kiffin may be – they may try to get Kiffin from Ole Miss, which I think is a joke that they do. But anyway, um, I'll let you respond to that. But there's another thing I would like to say before, before you – I watched the playback of the SEC, uh, the eight-part series of the SEC. Oh, yeah, and football. Saturdays of the South. And, uh, yeah, and then I saw the part about uh, uh, Bear Bryant And where he passed away, where you had how you had covered it, right? And I gained more respect for se, but I already, already respected, I I got a lot of respect for Bryant when I seen um, my son grandson go to Mississippi State. And when state beat Alabama that time, 63, he goes into the other team's locker room, right? It was Grace. And tells them, congratulates them on how good good they played, <clears throat> and uh, you know, and how well he treated his players, regardless of what uh, uh, rate, the race they were, and the grace that he showed, you know. And uh, I just, um, I and you know, I appreciate. The way, I also appreciate the way you handle things and, and get along with the, on the show because you tickle me a lot of times with the way you have to play referee yourself sometime with college but anyway but I, I I really appreciate how you have covered sports through the years that I've had a chance to watch it I've been in Mississippi for about 48 years I'm originally from Illinois but I I, I love the south I wouldn't take, I wouldn't want to go back up north for anything and but I just appreciate everything but I just want to know if you can say add anything to the part about Saban if it's just a rumor or you've heard anything
2: uh, Tim, thank you very much. Um, as far as Coach Saban, I, I, I couldn't offer anything uh, new. Uh, I think there, there, are, there will always be rumors uh, as long as he coaches. But I, I, I just think that uh, I, doubt he's, I doubt he knows what he wants to do. Uh, I think all, all Coach Saban cares about is Monday and, and then the next game. We'll take a short break. We are coming right back.
5: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.
2: We have uh, had interactions with uh, Hal Raines over the years. For those who uh, don't know his long biography, I'll I'll make it simple. He grew up uh, in Birmingham, uh, went to school there, and went on to become one of the most distinguished journalists of his or any generation uh, winning a Pulitzer Prize, uh, ending up as the executive editor of The New York Times. He's written a number of books, but his latest is uh, without a doubt one of the most interesting. It's a story i had heard many times, but never really understood where it came from and what it was all about. I heard part of it, I should say, in a new book uh, entitled Silent Calvary, how Union sh- soldiers from Alabama helped Sherman burn Atlanta, and then got written out of history. Uh, We'll also get his thoughts on the current status of the University of Alabama football program, uh, something we've talked to him about in the past. First of all, Hal, it it is so great to uh, say hello to you again, and and, uh, good afternoon.
1: Hi, Paul. Thank you for having me on. I'm I'm very excited uh, about the chance to talk to the about this unusual Alabama story and also about uh, our revisitation of the Rose Bowl. I, uh,
2: <laughs> I, I, I've i used this line before, but I happen to, you uh, know, I won't waste too much time on myself, but I, I, I was in Birmingham a week and a half ago uh, hosting an event. Uh, I've done several of these, as I've told, told you privately, honoring this was the 50th uh, anniversary of the first team that broke the color barrier that was that won a national championship how and i once again had to dig down and quote you because uh, you have uh, one of the most enlightening pieces uh, i've ever read and they, they were quite uh, entertained by by your characterization of, of their coach paul bryant uh, but we'll, we'll we'll continue that for another day but thank you for continuing to give me uh, material to use after all these years
1: yeah well you know we're we're fellow alums of the Birmingham Post Herald, where we work for a small wages, so I'm glad we're still still in in the game paul
2: i'm I'm still having to rip off how how it reigns in my uh, elder years well how uh this is just a fascinating uh book that you've done you had a phenomenal uh, op ed today in the in the Washington Post so I'm going to get out of your way because uh history is is often uh relegated to those who remember it and how they remember it. But uh, you, you've, you've done something here that will undoubtedly make you even more popular in your native homeland than, than ever before. Take, pick it up. How did, uh, I, I, when did you start wrestling with this concept and, uh, and, and what made you decide to finally uh, go to the mat?
1: Around uh, 1950, my <laughs> grandmother gave me a hint that our family didn't support the Confederacy. And in uh, 1961, when I was a student up at Barriam Southern College, I ran across the name of Chris Sheets from Winston County, Alabama, the free state of Winston. And I started researching him, and I came up with two amazing facts that have essentially been banned from Alabama's official history. One, that 3,000 white Alabamians from the North Alabama mountains volunteered, volunteered to fight in the Union Army. Uh, and the other uh, the other uh, amazing aspect was that a group of historians, including one from Columbia University in New York City, uh, were part of a kind of cabal to make sure this story never got told. It's missing from virtually every uh, history of the Civil War. It's even missing from Ken Burns' great 1990 PBS show, The Civil War, and Ken told me something recently, he's quoted in my book as saying, the Civil War is the only one in which the losers got to write the history. <laughs> that is to say, the myth of the lost cause, the, the noble South is depicted in Gone with the Wind, the suffering South uh, is uh, depicted being unfairly punished during Reconstruction. Well, the fact is that 2,066 Al- uh, Alabamians were sworn into the Union Army at Huntsville and Corinth, Mississippi, because they were fleeing the Confederate draft. They were running away because their farms in the Alabama mountains were too poor for them to afford to buy slaves. And being good, rebellious Alabamians, they said, we're not gonna fight for the rich folks. So these Alabamians turned out to be natural cavalrymen, natural spies and they became Sherman's personal escort on, on the march to the sea. And when they started south from Chattanooga with Sherman, he put this unit of about 800 Alabamians, their number had been whittled down by combat, out in the very point of his army as they marched first to Atlanta, burned it, then to Savannah, and captured it. And they so distinguished itself that Sherman's number two, General Blair, awarded them the place of honor in the victory parade through Savannah on December 27, 1864. As I say, it took me six decades of research to pick out the facts here and there to put this into a mosaic that tells the whole story of the 1st Alabama Cavalry.
2: Certainly people will, will want to read it, but uh, not to, to jump ahead, but as, a, as, a, as an editor, you would have encouraged your uh, great reporters to, to focus in on the most important fact. I, I've always wondered, how did this get scrubbed from history?
1: Well, that's a good, uh, long story short, Thomas McAdore Owen, the founder of the Alabama Department of Archives and History, as a man of tremendous political influence, he founded the University of Alabama Archives in 1901. He decided that the state of Alabama would collect only the service records of Confederate soldiers. They would ignore those of the 3,000 white Alabamians who served in the Union Army, as well as the seven to 10,000 freed slaves who served in the Union Army. So these Ten to fifteen thousand Alabamians were simply blocked from the Alabama official history. At the same time, nineteen hundred 1900 to nineteen twenty, William Archibald Dunning, a New Jersey uh, man of high standing, uh, was teaching history at Columbia, and his father w- was a New Jersey industrialist who felt that Southern plantation owners had been unfairly depicted and punished during reconstruction so he raised young dunning to uh be a pro-confederate historian and his students wrote the main histories of the southern states during the civil war these were phd candidates between 1900 and 1920. they came back home and they wrote pro-confederate histories that depicted southern Unionists as uh, criminal hillbillies. And they used that kind of language to, to uh, defame southern mountaineers who were opposed to secession. So you've got this two-pronged uh, cabal, as I call it, to bury this story and keep it out of the mainstream of history. That's why very few people know it. In 25 years on The New York Times, in Washington, New York, i never met anybody who was aware that several thousand white Alabamians fought for the union that's how effectively the story was buried
2: and, and finally how uh, for those who intend to read the book and i know many will uh when did you cross the rubicon so to speak and realize you could uh you could nail this down uh and satisfy not only your, mainly yourself uh, but but and figure out a way to to get this story into print.
1: A big breakthrough in Civil War history took place in 1992, when a prominent Lincoln biographer did the arithmetic in the archives and discovered that 100,000 residents of the Confederate States served in the Union Army. In other words, that's 5% of of Lincoln's army were actually residents of the 11 states that seceded that sparked a series of new graduate students uh, who are now coming to forefront in their field. And, and they, they ran the final lap for me. I had pieced together the, the, the guts of the story by about uh, 10 to 15 years ago, but I'm standing on their shoulders as they actually nailed down uh, the, final, uh, the final elements. Interesting. This will show you how easy it is to sweep something under the rug in history. Sherman, in his memoirs, one of the most famous military books ever published, says that he picked the Alabama Cavalry to ride with him on the road to Atlanta. And Alabama historians and national historians have ignored that sentence in his memoirs for lo these many years.
2: Amazing. Oh, so many, so many tributaries we could go to, but we, we, we'll, we'll do that for another day. Hal, Hal Raines <laughs> joining us, uh, really with uh, a, a, an extraordinary book entitled "Silent Calvary: How Union Soldiers from Alabama Helped Sherman Burn Atlanta and Then Got Written Out of History." Speaking of history, Hal, uh, heading out uh, in a day or two, uh, and I know you'll be glued to it as a as a longtime uh, Alabama fan, but uh, the. The juxtaposition of Alabama playing in the Rose Bowl—they played in that game in that stadium before—but returning to the Rose Bowl as as a a, not a a great historian, but as a longtime Alabama fan, just uh, your words on what this game means.
1: Well, certainly the Alabama team that defeated—I believe it was Washington—in the uh, Rose Bowl that first game in the twenties—that was Bear Bryant's team. Uh, that was the moment, most momentous day in I, Alabama's uh, football history, and I think you could make the argument in Southern football history. And uh, so, you know, it, it, to be back in that arena uh, almost 100 years later is a huge, uh, huge event. I'm reminded after Coach Bryant's team won the uh, Orange Bowl uh, over Nebraska in the '60s, I was dispatched by WBRC to interview Coach Bryant at the, <laughs> at the Birmingham Airport, and my main memory is he was a giant, and I felt I could barely reach his chin with the microphone.
2: <laughs> we all we all had that feeling uh, at, at various points of his career. I caught him a little bit later, um, but it. I want to go back to what you said because i i feel like i do understand it but uh, but i know a lot of people in the audience don't quite grasp the state of alabama history like you do but but going back to that moment in time nearly a hundred years ago why why was that so important uh, what was there about well, winning on that stage
1: it it was important for a lot of reasons some of which date back to the civil war uh in my book i caught i talk about what I call the Alabama inferiority syndrome. Alabamians feel looked down upon in many cases and often become very combative about it. I think we're moving into a new era now. I hope Alabamians will embrace this new chapter of our history that I'm telling. But I always say, you know, Alabamians have to understand that when you pick Bull Connor and George Wallace To go on national television and tell the nation what kind of people they are, it's natural that people reach a negative conclusion. But I think you know we're moving uh, we're moving in a in a new direction now. I hope. And um, but it's uh, that I I speak in my book of the uh, of the uh, defiant uh, fatalistic sang froid. (laughs) <laughs> that Alabamians pride themselves on, and that's been a theme in our history.
2: Hal, uh, having in, always enjoyed your your brief moments of when you could break away from the world of politics to talk about uh, Alabama football. But in, in, on, the, on the subject, as we close here, just the significance of, of what happened. 18 years ago with Nick Saban arriving, and and really uh, nobody knows exactly when he leaves, but what has he meant in terms of of changing that perception uh, that you write about in this book and have have chronicled your entire career?
1: Well, as I've told you, Paul, in our private conversations, you and I are unusual in that we got to see two dynasties in our one lifetimes. Alabama fans uh, of a certain age need to understand how rare that is. And Paul Bryant was tremendously important during the racial crisis of the 1960s by giving Alabamians something to be proud of on the national stage at the same time that George Wallace was conducting himself in a way that embarrassed many of us. Uh, Then when Coach Saban came in, uh, it was a new style, but it was a renaissance of a very special sort because Coach Saban, by his uh, emphasis on excellence and his desire to be a community leader, to be an active uh, force for Christian behavior in the public arena, I think has taken us to a new level uh, in Alabama of, uh, of what a public figure is supposed to do to pay his civic rent. So I think they are two very different men, but very important men in what I hope is a march toward progress in Alabama. How, uh, Obviously, these are this is a fraught time because white Alabamians are proven by polls to be the most conservative voters in the nation. Uh, so I don't expect that we will shake off the Trump uh, cloud easily, but I remain. You know, I love Alabama. I've often said, "Alabama born, Alabama bred, and when I die, I'll be Alabama dead." Uh, and uh, so I, you know, I think this is a great time to be part of the Alabama drama, and I'm so happy that my book is coming out right now.
2: Well, we uh, we, we we wish you only the best, and, and uh, we'll continue this conversation. Soon, Hal, thank you for making time. Uh, All the best in the new year. And it's such a a pleasure and honor to uh, occasionally get to uh, intersect with you. Be well. Roll Tide. You got it. Hal Raines, the Pulitzer Prize winning former executive editor of the New York Times with his newest book.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.
2: We are back, and Larry is up next in Houston. Larry, good afternoon. Hey, Paul. How you doing? We're doing great, Larry. Thank you. I was calling just to express my concern and what I think we've been seeing happening over the
1: last few years on these deteriorating quality of all these bowl
3: games. And I think, of course, a lot of it's a result of people opting out or getting
1: in the transfer portal. And with the exception of the top bowl games, most of them really don't mean much uh, as far as a national audience is concerned. And I was wondering, and I think I already know the answer to this question, is there anything that you think the NCAA would do to try to uh, uh, help keep interest in these games? Cause,
2: well, what's, here's, what, sure here's what's seen, interesting, Larry, and I agree with you. I mean, there's never been a worse collection except – this is the time of the year when there's nothing on television. Most people are off Um, and bowl games just automatically, the the ratings on Christmas day for the NFL have never been higher. And I imagine a lot of these bowl games will, will draw big ratings because there's a, there's a betting line on them.
0: Thank you for listening to the best of the Paul Feinbaum show podcast. Watch the Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the SEC Network. Plus, you can listen and watch on the ESPN app.